The 80s were a great time for werewolf movies. We had things like American Werewolf in London, which is a masterclass in special effects. And then how could anybody forget about the ending, the newscast ending to The Howling? That that scene will stick with you for a very long time. Or what about the Stephen King classic, Silver Bullet? Which always has me begging for the the answer to this question is, how was that kid in a wheelchair able to climb a tree in less than a minute? If you've seen the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Rest in peace to Corey Haim. But what about the 1981 crap fest Full Moon High? Nobody even cares about that movie and somehow it got a Blu-ray release over all the rest of them that I was talking about. But there's also one werewolf in particular that seems to slip through the cracks of everyone's favorites list. And that is Scott Howard. If you recognize that name, then you're a fan of the 1985 cult classic Teen Wolf, which is one of my favorite movies growing up and is one of the movies that I can watch over and over and over again without being bored. I will always enjoy it as I did the first time watching it. But today we're going to do something very sinful, very betraying, very, very stupid. And we're going to bypass that first movie and talk about its relatively unknown sequel, 1987's Teen Wolf 2. You're in the big time, kid. Means changes. You just hit me with a dead frog. Jerk. In Todd Howard's case. Feeling a little furry in there, buddy? I don't howl. Big changes. You don't see any fangs, do ya? <laughs> Watch me now! Jason Bateman is Teen Wolf 2. Strange boy. Now playing at a selected theater near you. Check your local listings. Normally when you think of sequels, you think of the number two that follows the title. Back to the Future 2, Robocop 2, Terminator 2, the list can keep going on and on and on. But the producers and the the, the studio thought, hey, let's let everybody know that this is another Teen Wolf. He is also a Teen Wolf. So let's title it Teen Wolf 2, T-O-O. And I guess they were trying to be clever and nobody cared. Nobody really knows this movie exists. And the reason I I feel that way is because I have a circle of friends who always laugh at me for watching junk like this. And a few years back, the company Scream Factory was going to re-release both movies, Teen Wolf 1 and Teen Wolf 2. They were going to uh, polish them up, make them look better for Blu-ray, make them sound great, and which they did. So when they were going to go on sale, I was telling my friends, man, I got to get Teen Wolf and Teen Wolf 2. And they were all surprised and had pretty much the same question. And that was, uh, there, there was a second movie? So that's when I was like, holy shit, nobody knows any of this stuff. Like, how could this movie have flown under everybody's radar? Like, everybody knows about the first movie, but nobody remembers the second. And the second movie came on on HBO so many times back in the 90s. I, don't even, I couldn't even count them on two hands. That, that's how many times they would play it throughout the day. And so... You know, naturally, I let them know, hey, well, this one's about it's a boxing movie and, you know, such and such and such. And they're like, no, we heard about the other Teen Wolf, the MTV one. Jesus Christ. Um, If I'm talking to you about Teen Wolf, please don't ever bring up the MTV version. It, It really irks at me because I don't think that this franchise needed a serious, dark, brooding Twilight reboot. 
Uh, it just bothered the shit out of me. And I think I was probably being a hater because I didn't have abs like the guys in the TV show. No matter how hard I tried, I couldn't even get one. And since when did high school students look like that? I remember every guy that had abs in school would just had them because they were like 110 pounds. And they went around flexing them as if they earned them. And now, our feature presentation. Teen Wolf 2 centers around Todd Howard, who is Scott's cousin. Now, Todd wants to go through life without ever having to deal with what he calls the family condition. He's well aware that they turn into werewolves, which is beyond me. Like, if I knew that I can turn into a werewolf at will, well, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to fucking turn into a werewolf. I don't understand why this dude feels like he doesn't need to. But he wishes that this whole condition passes him by. We do get some returning characters like James Hampton, who is uh, Scott's dad. He kind of pops in and out from time to time. We also see the return of Mark Holton, who is, to me, a popular character. He plays Chubby. And uh, I think we all know who Mark Holton is. He is the one responsible for stealing Pee-wee's bike. He was Francis. You'll be sorry, Pee-wee Herman. And then we get a couple of recasts. Uh, at first, I really wasn't too happy. Actually, I'm really never happy when they recast a character and the person that they recast in that role doesn't even resemble the actor that came before them. So Styles was played by Jerry Levine in the first movie. And then we get Stuart Fratkin, who plays Styles in the second movie. Now, it's a whole night and day situation because they really do not look alike at all. Not even close. But after watching both movies once again, just to revisit the series, because I really do love both movies. Um, I feel like Styles in the second one was and is more of the 80s tone that they were going for. The one that they should have went with in the first one. Because Jerry Levine looks like like a dad. He looks way older than what he was. Yeah, sure, the, the character was there. The, the mannerisms, the whole jokes, everything was cool. He had that cool shirt that said, uh, what are you looking at, dick nose? Yeah, I get it. But if you're going for more of a teen comedy, then Stuart Fratkin is the person that you should be looking at. The second Styles. That was the one. But the only problem that I had with him is he was a little too responsible. He wasn't the Styles, like he didn't act like the Styles from the first movie. So I feel like this is a little bait and switch that they should have done, where they should have gotten the second Styles to act like the first Styles. Um, but nonetheless, it was great in that part. He did exactly what he did in the first movie. He was he, you know, promoted the Wolf. He did everything that he could to bring the Wolf out of one of the Howard boys. Another recast who did not look like the actor before him was Coach Finstock. He's played by Paul Sand in this movie. And his character was not the character that I was hoping for from the first one. The one from the first one just did not care. If he lost, he lost. He, he just did not bother him. And he was just pretty much a deadbeat coach, which I thought was hilarious. In this one, I felt like they tried too hard. And he was more squirrely and more fidgety than ever. And I, I wasn't... I don't know. I, to me, it just did not feel like Coach Finstock. We do get the added addition of legendary actor John Astin, who played the original Gomez Adams in the Black and White Adams Family TV series. 
He is Dean Dunn in this. Now, Dean Dunn has a lot of expectations out of Todd. Finstock has already hyped up Todd to the Dean and said, this kid is going to win us championships. And, you know, the Dean is going to hold Todd up to that standard. He had already told him since the beginning, if you don't deliver, I'm going to get rid of you and you're finished. There's not going to be another school around that's going to take you anymore. So that's where we are with the pretty much the new cast of characters. One thing that I did like in the sequel over the original was the first werewolf transformation. Now, I'm a sequel guy, and I like when things start to get going already straight from the get-go. You already know what you're getting. And in the first one, Scott was unaware of what changes were about to happen. He goes into the bathroom. He turns into a werewolf. His dad, you know, forces him to open the door to show him that, hey, he's a werewolf, too. Scott's dad, for some reason, always looked like a gerbil to me. But anyways, the anticipation for Todd turning into a werewolf was really high because you knew he didn't want it. And I really enjoyed that. Like, I really enjoyed the fact that, okay, I'm waiting for him to finally turn into a werewolf. And he didn't turn into it during uh, the first boxing match or whatever he was having practice. And he did it in a benefit dinner with all the school's alumni and some girls that he liked. The dean was also there. And he started to notice that he was changing. He changed in front of everybody. And one thing that I always laughed at in both movies is the fact that nobody cares that he's a wolf. Nobody is freaked out. Nobody runs. You, you, you do hear that initial gasp and the silence from everyone. And then that's it. And then he runs around like, okay, cool. Nothing, no problem at all. I'm just a casual werewolf walking around the streets. That, that's what I always found funny. I didn't think anything wrong about it. I just thought, wow, you you think that there would be a little more shock and horror in people's faces if somebody were to turn into a werewolf in broad daylight. And what 80s movie wouldn't be complete without a montage? Any sports movie in the 80s, boxing, football, whatever it has, there's always some sort of montage in it. Even children's movies. This movie gives you three of them. There are three 80s style montages and each one of them is different after Todd turns into the wolf and starts whooping everybody's ass he turns he goes and has this musical dance number that seems extremely choreographed and that's when the popularity starts sitting in and he starts becoming pretty much everything that Scott was in the first movie you know once you get that that adrenaline rush that that first win and everybody thinks you're the most popular kid in school you know, it kind of goes to his head. So the first one is a choreographed dance. Then right after that, we go into Who Do You Want to Be from Oingo Boingo. Uh, if you don't know who they are, they play the Weird Science song. And Danny Elfman is the singer. If you know who Danny Elfman is, he's basically um, one of the greatest composers of all time. But it, now there's a workout montage right after that. He's working out, he's doing jump rope like nobody's business, he's whooping ass, and we get a whole bunch of uh, clips of him winning all of his boxing matches. And then right after that, another montage. Him driving a Corvette with Chubby. And then that's where things really start to go downhill for him personally. You know, him and Chubby are riding around in the Corvette, the Dean's Corvette, by the way, because now the Dean is at his feet. And... He goes and picks up these two girls that he liked at the beginning. 
and he pretty much shoes off Chubby. Pee-wee, listen to reason. Come on! Listen to reason. He lets him sit on the sidewalk while he drives off in the this uh, red Corvette with two hot girls that he has been liking the whole movie. And that's where things start to go downhill for personally for him. Because now he is, uh, you know, ditching his friends. Styles was once the guy who really wanted him to turn into a werewolf. And he does express this later on, like, hey, I wanted you to turn into the wolf more than anybody. And now I don't like what you've become, a jerk. Uh, I guess that was a great put down back in the 80s. But one question that I do have. Now, this is such a random, unneeded, very immature question that I'm about to ask you all. So please bear with me. I've asked my wife this, and um, she just kind of looked at me like, what the hell goes on in your mind? So here it goes. When he's a wolf, he's obviously having a threesome in his dorm room with two girls. And the same thing happened. Well, you know, similar situation happened with Scott in the first one when he had the popular theater girl. God, this is just such an awkward question to ask. But uh, do you think he's got like a human wiener or is it like a dog, like a red rocket? Now, like I said, that was a, a very immature question. And I don't blame you if you turn it off after this because... It's just such a a random thing that I had in my mind as the movie was going on. I'm like, wow, you know, does does he got a real one or a dog one? Boy, this party really died. (laughs) Yes, I'm going to go ahead and uh, and apologize for that. Uh, Sometimes things can get a little far, but oh well, who cares? Uh, A little bit part of me was... I was debating about this for a little while because I didn't want you all to think, wow, this dude is a lot weirder than I thought. There is something wrong with him. He's got a screw loose. He is not the sharpest tool in the shed. Um, That sounds like that Smash Mouth song. But anyways, plowing through, Teen Wolf 2 reminds me of Evil Dead 2. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, wait, those are two completely different movies. Yes, they are. And I will never compare them like this other than the fact that both movies seem like soft reboots of the original. If you look at Evil Dead 1 and Evil Dead 2, they're basically almost the same type of movie, shot for shot on some of them. But there are some differences that makes it a sequel. But the majority of the story is exactly the same. Same thing goes for Teen Wolf and Teen Wolf 2. Everything is the same. They don't want to be werewolves. They turn into them. They become popular in whatever that they're doing. They get with the hot girls while neglecting the nerdy girl who loves them just for being them. And then, you know, they start to backtrack because they realize that they don't need to be the wolf to be somebody. Now, I have a theory out there and, and let me know if you feel the same way. If you go back and revisit these movies, I want you to look at the endings of both of them. And now, not for the wiener at the end of the the bleachers. No. I think that both Scott and Todd cheated. Oh, wow. You know, that's a a mighty bold claim. But hear me out. When Scott was going to shoot that free throw shot at the end, his eyes turned red. They dimmed down. He goes and makes a shot. I don't believe 
that he fully did not use his powers. Same thing goes for Todd. Todd almost got knocked out. He's on the floor. The ref is doing the countdown to, to uh, you know, call him that he was knocked out. His eyes turn red. He gets back up, beats the trash out of the guy, and wins. I think that both of them realize that they can use the power of the wolf without have to without having to transform. That's just my theory. I may be completely wrong in the face, and you all may say, "Well, no, that was the turning point. That was their decision." Nah, that that may be, but I'm probably gonna stick to my story nonetheless. I, I do feel like they cheated a little bit. And uh, it's kind of like the Hulk in the Avengers. You know, you had to get this dude pissed off in order to turn him into this green monster. And then the whole time you realize that he was just angry the whole time and he can do it at will. That's what I feel like with both of these guys. That they learned how to control it. This movie honestly had it all. It was the exact same movie as I said earlier as the first one. Just it did not hit. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it was because there was no Michael J. Fox. I get that. You know, Michael J. Fox was a humongous star after the Back to the Future. And anything that tried to emulate that was just a bootleg copy. But I'm going to go and say that the soundtrack to Teen Wolf 2 is far greater than anything that they played other than the Beach Boys in the first movie how could you not say any any track on this was not good they even had send me an angel by real life what more can i say that song was on rad oh if you haven't seen rad oh we i'm gonna have to do that at some point because rad kicks ass it's gonna kick ass There were also talks in the 90s about having a third Teen Wolf movie, and this one was supposed to center around Scott Howard's daughter, who was going to be played by Alyssa Milano. I'm shaking my head just about as much as you guys are right now because I don't want to see her covered in hair. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go out on that limb, but Jesus Christ, like, I wouldn't want to see her that hairy. It would have just been very awkward for me to watch. But anyways, that rumor went on and on and on. It surpassed, you know, the 90s into the 2000s and nothing ever came from it. And I'm happy about that because some movies don't need a third. And I'm going to say that Bill and Ted was one of the franchises that did not need a third movie. You know, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was a classic. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey was a strange but amazing sequel that had the greatest ending to both of those guys' stories. And then there was going to be a third movie, and I was like, no, it should have ended at part two. Let's leave it alone. Let's not touch this anymore. And they did. And in my opinion, it disappointed. I will be doing both movies at one time. There's going to be an episode somewhere down the line, maybe for my one year, because I absolutely love Bill and Ted. And I may do a whole retrospective episode about both movies and the TV series and the cartoon in one shot. Uh, I think I might do that. I, I just probably convinced myself of that. But back to Teen Wolf, it didn't need a third movie. They even had a cartoon series of Teen Wolf. If you guys haven't seen that, it's all on YouTube. And Scott and Todd do meet up in one episode. But this episode predated 
Teen Wolf 2. So the Todd Howard character was already created before this movie was ever made. Um, maybe, maybe there was something to not having to bring back Michael J. Fox. Or maybe they created Todd ahead of time as a safety net. The world may never know. One thing that you guys do know is that you can find me on social media, which will be linked in the show's description. I'm also going to see if there is some way of finding this movie, the full movie, on YouTube. So I can post that link there as well. I do know that it is on Amazon Prime and Prime Video, actually. So you can watch it there for somewhat free if you do pay for the subscription. And uh, I'll see you guys next time.